And as soon as it hit, I just like left to a different room and I'm like, I can't handle you guys right now. Hi, Pooty. Howdy. <clears throat> Sorry, I forgot I have to call you Poofy now. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, uh, Eddie. Nofo said he'd be here soon. He also says he isn't high, but he's definitely high. <laughs> Thank God for Lavina's notes. Right. Do you have like no memory or? Pretty much. I drink a lot of uh, diet drinks, so <laughs> aspartame has uh, ruined my memory. Insert old person joke here. Yeah, I was going to say that's like my parents are like that. <laughs> I'm kind of like that, too. 32 days, eight castaways remaining, two co-hosts and one podcast. This is Stranded in Two Motus, and I'm your host, Booty. Today we're joined by uh, two co-hosts and alumni of Stranded, Joaquin, winner of All Stranded, who originally played in Stranded in Indonesia, season 27. Uh, you, you do me just right, Pooty. How's it going? And Danny, host of Excursion, who originally played in Stranded in Turks and Caicos, season 32. To a modus, I hardly know her. So today we're going to talk about the merge. Last time we spoke, we had just merged, so there's a lot to cover, as there's been uh, five vote-outs, six vote-outs? Six vote-outs. Wow. And as far as I'm concerned, a great merge. Better than what you could hope for, really. You know, we've had a we've been on a streak with these seasons lately. I think Tuomotus is in that same category as Kirill and Tanzania. What are your thoughts so far? Uh, just based off before we do a recap of everything, have you guys been enjoying this merge? Yeah, it's been good. I think to quote Kimberly Guilfoyle, the best is yet to come. I will be there in two minutes. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Novo. Um, the pre-merge. So this is a very different season than Tanzania. We were just comparing it to other seasons earlier. Tanzania was like very Gabon-esque in that a lot of the, the bigger characters and better players went out like pretty early or earlier in the merge. This season, or the, the pre-merge, it, it tended to be like a, a lot more characters generally heading out. And then the early merge has been, there's been drama, but by and large, all of our big game players are still in the game. Like, I would say not since, like, I in my head, I compare it to, like, Ostranded in that, like, at the final eight, you could argue that the six best players in the game are still in the game at final eight which is it's setting up for like a pretty nice run to the end here. Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of these guys, uh, first of all, I would agree with you. I think a majority of our best players are still in the game, which is rare, particularly like we'll get into the boots. But I think most of the players this weekend are talking about how they're taking a break, gearing up for this next this final week of gameplay. Because I think they all see just how good everyone left is. I mean, uh, we were talking about it. There's not a bad combination of final three. And really, there's not a bad winner here. I mean, I would even take Shamar as a winner because I think it would be hilarious. Yeah, I mean, we're going to get a good winner no matter what. I don't think Shamar is winning. <laughs> um, unfortunately, he, his fate is, we'll get into it. His fate seems to be sealed already. We'll see if he, he makes the end, I think, is the more interesting thing. But uh, you, we're going to have a, a pretty good winner, either really great game player or more an over-the-top character, no matter what. He will make it to the end, and he will win. You think so? Uh, well, the next story I have to tell is the story of Stranded uh, in India, because, you know, we've already told the Scooby-Doo reveal. Now it's time to scare them about taking goats to the end. <laughs> yeah, Shamar will win. He's going to win. I think the problem, though, is do we have anyone who is as unlikable as the other finalists and stranded in India that people would be so unwilling to vote for? Like, as much as we have a very clear goat, I just I don't find any of the people left so unlikable, you know? 
No, I think I, I think the only thing we've come close to in India ending in like the, the last couple of years has been like maybe victory. Morocco. No, because no, those were both the better game players. I don't think it was like any like a vote out of spite, which I don't think is going to happen here regardless. Probably the, the person that has you can most make that argument for might be Michael. But yeah. in general, the jury's. Elizabeth is dominating the jury conversation wise, and she is not going to have any interest in doing something like that. So So let's go back. Let's talk about the merge. We merge with 14 people. They're kind of expecting, well, Jessica is expecting a immediate vote off. Of course, that doesn't happen. We don't do anything. We just merge them and have a auction for the idle clue, which Ty wins, spending 50 stranded coin. And then that weekend, they're all getting to know each other. Of course, Elizabeth's coming out of the newbie tribe with several enemies, particularly Sherry. And then the the newbies kind of get back together and they kind of take Ty and Stephanie in their wings. But a lot is going on in this merge. Yeah, I think one of the most interesting things of that opening weekend was the alignment of Elizabeth and Allie, along with the Tapoto 3.0 remainder from that swap tribe. Um, I mean, Emerge is always a really interesting time to kind of watch and see what major group forms for the first vote. And I I just thought it was interesting that Tapoto, despite despite all of their um, messiness and all of their plans, if they did wind up having to go back to tribal and vote Jessica out, like I was surprised to see that group stick together and kind of pull Elizabeth and Allie over with them. I'm not surprised. Mostly just like splits like that in the merge generally come when there's like people don't feel safe in their position. And uh, so like a clear indicator of that being the the Pukaroa tribe where Liz and Allie were clearly on the bottom um, and they knew that they were on the bottom. And so it makes sense there. But you said Jessica was going to be booted. She had no idea. She thought she was in control of that tribe. And so there was no reason for her to flip. So if everybody feels happy, then that makes sense. Yeah. Going into this Sunday, I believe Jessica was on everyone's mind as a target. Then, of course, on Sunday, Allie wins individual immunity. She gives the additional immunity to Jessica. I thought this worked really well. And then after that, there was kind of mass chaos because with Jessica off the table, there was no clear boot. And so we have the Tapoto people are looking at Ty and Sherry. The target, you know, is flipping back and forth. And really that night becomes a crazy night because Sherry plays her partner idol for herself. Of course, it was last night to do this. And then Elizabeth plays her public idol for herself, which was a mistake. I I do think it's funny, though. I mean, it's never a mistake to play the idol on yourself, really. But I do think it's funny that this season, every single idol has been either wasted or not played. (laughs) So we'll see if that trend continues with the only idol remaining in the game at this point. But in in a nine to five vote, Reynolds becomes our first juror. Sad about that. I think Reynolds had a lot more game to play. I I think he he fucked up. He had a little too many side deals going on. I don't think people could trust him necessarily. He was later proven right, though. I mean, in the in the jury house that he was the only one angling for Liz on that tribe. And every the other ones, people on that tribe wanted to go jet. At, Jed. Uh, Jed, yeah. <laughs> and he, he's been kind of proven right. I, he was a little too out in the open. He's been a lot of fun in the jury house, though. He's hilarious, and I wish we had gotten to see more of that. If there's somebody from this season, I think, who 
I would say their time, at least gameplay wise, was really cut short. I would say it was probably him. Well, you know, Stranded is it's a different game than most games. And there are there's definitely a group of player who it takes them a while to understand how Stranded works. I think the two people I would talk I would put in that category would be the most from the season would be Reynolds and Shamar. I think after they see how it's played, see what they should have done, I think in another chance they would have a much better outing. And yes, Reynolds in the jury house is hilarious, particularly when Liz joins him. John just mentioned this in the chat, and I think it's pertinent to talk about as we're talking about Reynolds just in general and how that target wound up on him. The kid had no subtlety whatsoever. And we saw that in his tribals with Pecora and trying to get the target on Liz. Like when he has an idea, he says it, he pushes for it hard. And in this case, he created a group chat and invited hope into it and just started being like, this is how we're voting. We have the numbers. You have to vote this way. And that kind of pushed hope right into the hands of Elizabeth and everybody else who was voting for voting for Reynold. So I think, you know, one of the fun things is like he's a fun character and he's not afraid to be the person to kind of get out there, get his hands dirty. He's going to be the person who's going to name a target. And that's definitely somebody we want to see, especially in a merge situation. Yeah, I'm glad you jogged my terrible memory, John. I do remember going into that tribal. uh, I mean, like maybe 15 minutes before the vote, Alexis and Hope were talking and Reynold is barking out orders. And, you know, at the last minute, Alexis and Hope are like, you know, would you be willing to do Reynold here? And she's like, yes, I would love to do Reynold here. And then I think I think I want to give Alexis a little bit of credit for pushing that vote through, particularly because it's going to build in the next couple of rounds where Alexis does a little too much playing and it puts a big target on her. She's still in the game, but I think not for much longer, considering how big her target is. But yeah, Hope and Alexis put in work this round and really were the reason Reynolds goes home here. Kudos to Allie for dominating that immunity. And then she's going to dominate the next one as well. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the next vote. It's the double header. We surprised them with the double boot that they were expecting. They're expecting an immediate boot at the merge. But, you know, we let them stew on that for a little while and hit them with a double at this tribal council. So this first boot was pretty unanimously tie. Everybody's over tie. You know, we, we spoke about a little bit about how Ty was, I think, probably unjustly hated, but it can't be a coincidence. So I do know he's pretty aggressive in how he approaches things, which I love. But I think it rubs people the wrong way and people just don't want to play with that in the game. He correctly guessed. I mean, he, he had some incorrect guesses, but he also correctly guessed some alliances out there. And uh, some players like Jess... Like when they get caught like that, they kind of just freak out a little bit and create like a reputation for people. Like he's such a liar kind of when they get caught. And so I think that was definitely a little, I don't think he, yeah, like you said, he's that skeevy a player. I think the problem is like it, it completely depends on the type of people you're playing with. There are some people who can deal with like an aggressive game player who's going to call you out. And, you know, you can kind of work with that because they're going to be blunt with you. You know where their head is at because they're constantly thinking about what their best case scenario is. And I just think that there are a lot of people that just never gave Ty the chance because the fact that he was able to suss out their games scared them. And that's not somebody that they wanted around long term. Yeah, I also I have to give kudos to Ty because what a fantastic character this season. I mean, a majority of the pre-merge was Ty and Stephanie, the two ends, escaping the boot and Ty getting all this hate and still managing to stay in the game all the way through Final 13. So I really enjoyed Ty this season. I thought he was a great cast. You know, I I also love that not many people knew about Ty because he's from an earlier season and is not someone that we talk about all the time. But I'm glad he finally got to show off 
why myself and some of the other people who know him loved him in uh, Socotra. So a really good job, I thought, by Ty. I much prefer someone like Ty who will get into the game and actually play it versus, you know, playing under the radar and just getting voted out uh, whenever. I really thought yeah. he, did, he did a good job here. And I think it's definitely also worth noting that like him and Stephanie with two ends coming in as the, you know, kind of the two clear outcasts of that um, returning player tribe, like to be at the merge and to be able to survive multiple swaps when you're probably the least connected people coming in on a half returnee season. I think that takes a lot of good game sense. And I think it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I think too. One, one last thing about Ty. I think it was good that Ty, Ty and Stephanie had a good bond because Stephanie could be the nice guy who, you know, went around and made friendships while Ty could be kind of the bad cop who went and enacted some of those plans that she was coming up with. So they had a really good dynamic. I know she was a little upset to see him go. Of course, she votes him out. But I do think, you know, part of that's like they, they were an obvious pair. So he had to go for her game. This is the double elimination. So Allie wins individual immunity at the first tribal council. Uh, unfortunately, this makes her a huge target at the second tribal council because she's just won two in a row. I kind of think, you know, Alexis ends up winning the second immunity and she pushes for Allie, who she kind of narrowly beats out. Uh, I mean, like by seconds. And she really pushes the vote onto Allie, I think, a little too strong, particularly because she pushed so, so strongly for Reynolds to go. Then she wins immunity. She also wins the second idol clue tonight, uh, bidding 69 coins. Nice. And then now she's going to push for an Allie boot and get her way. I think that's like she should just let something happen tonight, I think. I think we should also discuss just in general, like Alexis was in kind of a prime, like middle position in the tribe. And, you know, I think one of the difficult parts of playing the middle, especially on a large tribe at a merge, is that, you know, she was one of the major reasons that Reynolds goes home, which makes people like Matt and Sherry, who she was trying to work with, upset. And now here she is going hard for Allie, which is a close ally of Elizabeth, who's on the other side of the middle that she's trying to play. And now those people are going to be upset. I just think trying to take the active role and push a vote here when you're kind of in a precarious, like middle position, managing all your relationships. I just think that that's taking it a little bit too far. Yeah. I mean, look, Alexis is a fantastic player. There's no secret about that. The only problem is that everyone knows that. And here she she has a lot of things working against her naturally because she was one of two pairs that are left. She bid on the coins. She is in the middle of alliances like just having those things are threatening enough. But then to like win immunity and also push for two boots successfully is like a little too um, OTT. So I think it's going to become obvious that Alexis is like the number one threat. Of course, she's still in and anything can happen. But as of right now, it's not looking great for her just because her threat level is so big right now. It's also worth noting Jess and Elizabeth pushed hard for a Stephanie boot. So this is the Trump Council where they have three votes on Stephanie with two ends and Allie goes home with nine votes. Pretty much unanimous. Jess and and Liz both knew that she was going home, but they uh, they were aligned with Allie. So they didn't vote against her, which I find interesting that well, this is to come. But like Jess was fine voting against someone for Allie. But when Liz was getting voted out, she refused to vote. We're heading into 11 people remain. So Liz and Jess are slowly becoming the two people on the, on the outs with the tribe. 
they're both vets. They've made a lot of enemies and they're slowly driving everyone insane. <laughs> I think but they don't know this. They don't know they're on the outs. No, Jessica continues to believe she's in control of everything and uh, continues to underestimate Michael, I think, is her biggest problem, who at every turn is undercutting her. Worth shouting out his new nickname for Jessica, which is the Yappy Shaky Spineless Chihuahua, which I think is so appropriate. So the next boot, Liz and Jess try to get something together with Alexis and Hope, I think. Hope ends up not going in with that plan. And Alexis ends up backing out of that plan, too, I believe. Maybe that's the next travel console. No, that's the one after. This is the the Liz boot. This is Rocker. Oh, Rocker. Shit. Yeah, he yeah. went home. Goodbye. The end. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just read through Levita's notes since we're all having trouble remembering this round. Liz and Jess remain fixed on targeting one of Sherry or Stephanie. However, a lot of the newbies remaining are looking at either Rocker or Aurora as the possible vote. After a very smoothly run numbers challenge, as opposed to Tanzania, Aurora wins immunity. Alexis, Hope, and Aurora are the voters in the middle. And while Alexis purposely votes in the minority, Hope and Aurora ensure that Rocker leaves in a seven to four vote. Four votes going on Sherry, who uses her other hidden immunity idol unnecessarily. Don't hate the play, but I just think it's funny that this season there's not been a successful idol play. Yeah, yeah. I think one of, the, one of the things that's kind of sad for Sherry, in my opinion, is you've got all these people in the game who in their confessionals are like, ooh, not a good look for Sherry playing another idol incorrectly. But in my mind, like Sherry was the other vote. Her name was going around. People wrote it down. Like at that point, there's no real knowing what those people in the middle are going to do. Like you want to believe that they're with you. But especially when you have an idol that expires at final 10 like it's only good for another round anyways just use it save yourself even if it winds up not saving you like not needing it like at least you know you're going to make it to the final 10 yeah sherry's going to get a lot of shit for quote unquote incorrectly playing her idols but i think those people who are saying that forget that the first idol expired at the final 14 so it was the last night she could play it might as well play it on herself and this idol expires the next round and she gets votes so i don't think that they're bad idol plays it's just i think it's funny that no idol has been played successfully uh that to me is more shocking than sherry's idol plays which i don't think were necessarily bad yeah rocker kind of fucked himself this vote so he had been uh, purposefully the last the first couple rounds of the merge and last couple rounds of the pre-merge like under the radar and just kind of doing information dumps at people to get them to trust him he's just kind of a bunch of different people's number that they're pulling in so a number for Alexis and Shamar. He's a number for Jess. Um, and that's kind of why he w- wasn't targeted. He has a, a pretty long confessional the day of his boot where he's basically like, I've been too under the radar. Is that it? If I make the end at this point, I'm going to be a goat. So I need to start making moves. And starts to kind of aggressively target people. But the thing is, is that with his like style of getting allies, he's not getting a ton of information from people. So he doesn't really, like he's connected and he knows and, and that'll protect him, but he doesn't really know what who other people are connected to. So he starts kind of aggressively throwing out names, not knowing who's protecting who. Um, and that gets him in hot water with people very quickly. And that's kind of causes the 180 onto versus if he, he didn't do that, which I don't know if, like you could say, okay, props to him on not wanting to just go to the end, not doing anything. But I think he dialed it up a little quick. Uh, I just don't think Rocker had the strategic ability to do very well in this game in general. I think he makes good connections with people. I just don't think he knows what to do with that. I don't know. I, some people disagree with me. I just think he, he's an odd bird. 
So it wasn't super shocking that he flubbed here and pissed a lot of people off, especially since he had already done that before on Tepoto with the Super Bowl challenge. I kind of, you know, I mean, it, I was waiting for this to happen, basically. And if it didn't, he would be probably in Shamar's position now. So... I don't know. Uh, not a huge loss. I thought it was a great vote out for us because he was one of the goats people were looking to take to the end. So, you know, eliminating the goats is always good in our mind in terms of unpredictability and allowing the better players to advance. Yeah. Like we said, I don't think it's like a like a purposeful like strategy by the the more strategic players. But it has ended up that they've been doing the the threats stick together almost incidentally kind of strategy. Yeah, exactly. Um, No, it's totally been an accident. But I think it's the correct move for a majority of people. The only one I don't think it's right for is uh, Jessica, but she's not in control of this at all. So after this vote off, I think Jessica becomes finally aware that she is on the outs. And if not, it'll be incredibly obvious after this next boot. So... Going into the next round, it's the final 10. There are six newbies to four veterans. Newbies continue to whoop on the vets. So Michael gets the clue to the idol and Matt, he shares it with Matt, who finds the the merge idol. Kudos to Matt. They find it a little later than I thought they would. Didn't Jessica buy the clue and then share it with Michael, who shared it with Matt? That sounds right. Because <laughs> I, I remember there's no, a few right. right. yeah. people that wound up having it and it started a bunch of drama with Aurora, which is kind of like where the boulder starts moving for everything for the next few rounds. Yes, exactly. So Jess shared it with, it was like Michael, Alexis, and Elizabeth people who she thinks she's in an alliance with. And then she swears them all to secrecy. Um, But of course, Michael tells Matt, because Matt is his number one. And then Matt and Sherry proving themselves the only people even capable of finding idols this season. This idol, I mean, it was a little trickier in that if you're conditioned to just like being able to click through all of the Wikipedia pages, you were never going to find this idol. But if you were able to put some things together and do a simple Google search, you would have found it. So that's why I guess it's a little surprising it wasn't found earlier. But it definitely was a little harder. But yeah, so Aurora makes some comment to her, like, how did you have that many coins or something? And she just basically says that, like, people pulled coins to me and then I gave them the clue in return. So Aurora gleans from that, like, oh, she gave other people the the clue um, and is talking to people about that. And like Jess thinks that there's like some giant mole in her alliance that is telling Aurora everything (laughs) when she told her herself. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Can we talk about Jessica now? I've been dying to. Yeah, this is a good round to talk about her because everything that I think has screwed her game up happens in the lead up and follow through of the Elizabeth vote. No, I think she's just in a very unfortunate position. I think she's a good player with a good grasp of the game. And she is a very nice person and we love her. Uh, Yeah, you know, we're we're all concerned about Jessica because she cares so much about this. And of course, we love Jessica outside of this. But last podcast, I was overly nice to Jessica because she was in a good position pre-merge, a really good position. And I said, when the shoe drops, that's when we'll rip on her. So the shoe has dropped. It's time to rip on Jessica. Jessica has really fallen from the power of position pre-merge to being completely outplayed by these new players. I don't even think that's a secret. Like Jessica has been under the assumption that she was the best player in the game. And up until the merge, that might have been true. But now she's playing with really good players and she's no longer in the category of good player amongst these particular sharks. I just think like they've been outplaying her every step of the way. Even her partner, Michael, 
who we'll get to because this is a big round for Michael. They've really kind of shown their experience over her. I mean, you know, some of these people have been playing for 10 years. She's only been playing for a couple months. So, you know, we have to give her that. But at the same time, she has been playing terribly in these past this merge particular. And she has to know that like she she has fallen. She's gone from primo position to like scraping by now. She's still in the game, uh, and actually, it may benefit her that she's in this position because she's not um, a big threat to go home. Hold on, hold on. I need to clarify. I was not being sarcastic. I love Jessica. I don't want her to think I'm being mean. I didn't. I didn't think it was sarcastic. Uh, John thinks that because I, I know a lot of the lurkers are not thrilled with Jessica because they sense like uh, like an, an arrogance about her. And, you know, it's always frustrating when someone thinks that they're playing the best and then other players that they're like kind of shitting on outplay them. You know, from a, a lurker's perspective, it's like you're waiting for that to happen. But it's not like she's a bad player. She's played this game great. She's made final eight. I didn't give her a shot in hell of making merge. So, you know, we do have to give kudos, but at the same time, she has been playing bad. So we do need to acknowledge that. I think she's done very well getting herself this far and integrating herself into alliances. But a lot of that, I'm not sure if that was stuff that she intentionally did or just locked into. No, I think she's good. She's good with people like Alexis and some of those guys really did like her a lot and want to work with her. She gets herself into trouble when she starts overplaying, being a little too aggressive. And we'll talk about that because she's got another friend that has the same disease by the name of Aurora. <laughs> and I think Tommy summed it up the best when he was like, you know, there's a lack of self-awareness is the is the real problem. And, and not in terms of how she bonds with people, but in terms of like she can betray people. But when it happens to her, it's a problem. You know, then it's then it's like a huge issue. And I think that's at yeah, that point. It's like everybody else in orgs, too. Like that's fair. <laughs> the most common thing ever. Everyone's like, oh, well, for me, it's just playing the game. But when you betray me, it's personal, you know. Um, and I think the best way to look at how Jess's game has kind of devolved over the course of the merge has almost everything to do with her relationship with Michael mm-hmm. and how Michael has been stringing her along to get that partner immunity and by doing so he really had jessica eating out of his hand thinking that they were allies thinking that they were going far together and then in these next couple rounds like that just completely unravels and she realizes that you know she's been played and played hard um Uh, to be fair we're going to talk about michael because this is a big round for michael but he has also played some really good people including alexis to the point where you know now a lot of people are pissed off at michael which may benefit jessica because you know if she's the poster child for being bffs with michael partners with michael and him fucking her over very publicly that could do well for her if everyone else hates michael but you know how rivalries go once once part of them go the other half is going to go right after. Yeah, that's typically how it how it goes. And to, you know, I think people like to keep rivalries in the game together to a certain point. And then once that person goes, they've served their purpose, you know. Exactly. So I, I think, I don't know. I think Jessica is going to go either this round or, you know, by final six. We're going to do a rundown of the final eight. So let's go through this round because this is a, this is going to tell us everything we need to know. Uh, I think the meat and potatoes of the whole season are these next two votes. Uh, hope I mean, hopefully not. Hopefully we get, we get more insanity, which is very possible. But as far as I'm concerned, you know, 
these early merge councils are always some of the defining councils of a season. And boy, did they deliver on that because we got some public fights, some incredible strategy, incredible backstabbing, everything you'd want really in an early merge. So let's get to it. It's final 10. Matt's just found the idol. The vote seems to be focusing on either Sherry or Elizabeth. Michael spearheads the charge against Elizabeth, using it to secure the partner immunity with Jessica. Stephanie with two ends wins immunity. And even though a push for Sherry is made, a late arrival by Shamar keeps the target solely on Elizabeth, who leaves in a six to two to one vote with Jessica abstaining from the vote. So there's a lot to talk about in that summary. Number one is that Michael really fucks over Jessica by using by getting rid of Elizabeth. Um, and he also screws over Alexis, who he's been very, working very closely with. Um, she's kind of always been wary of him uh, for good reason, obviously. But, you know, this is really the, the round where he shows his hand and finally comes through with that plan to screw them over like he's been wanting to all season. And as we found out, it's all in a play to get that partner immunity. And it it delivers, to be honest. Well, yeah, and especially when they learn that it's not just immunity for the following round, that it's an immunity that Michael can play at any time. Like, it's a much bigger reward than I think a lot of them really realized. And I think if more people had realized it, it probably would have put a little bit more effort into the game of keeping their partner around like Michael has done for the last four or five rounds. Yeah, it essentially becomes a public idol that you play at the start. So it doesn't cancel out any votes, but... You can hold on to it. And, you know, if people aren't planning to vote you out, it could be very difficult to get the votes together during tribal to get you out if you don't play it. I think when we're talking about the Jess vote here, it's worth noting that people got wind of the fact that Elizabeth was going to be getting a lot of votes. And it was during the scramble that Jess made a promise to Sherry that she wouldn't write her name down, which wound up being the catalyst for why Jessica didn't vote because she was like, well, I can't vote for Elizabeth because I'm a loyal ally and I can't vote for Sherry because I promised her I wouldn't write her name down. So rather than throw a vote or rather than go back on her word to somebody, she just decided that the best strategy would be to not write anybody's name down, which I think is the worst case the scenario. Worst strategy. <laughs> yeah, look, there's always two ways to play this. You can either pull a Jed and vote off your ally and show to the people that you're willing to work with them. That's one angle you could play. Or you could vote with your ally and show that you're a loyal person who's willing to stick to somebody through the end. Either one of those are valid. She chose neither and instead pissed off Elizabeth because she told Elizabeth that she did not vote for her, which just shut the fuck up. Don't tell her anything. But she does. She whispers to Elizabeth on her way out that, hey, I didn't vote for you, by the way. I just didn't vote, which pissed Elizabeth off. And she didn't get to say that she voted for someone else. She tried to lie, I think, at one point, And people were like, no. Well, it didn't make sense because the only other vote was for her because Shamar was pissed and threw a vote on Jess. Yeah, uh, John just uh, mentioned that Shamar straight voted for Jessica, which was hilarious. I, I was yeah. so waiting for that fallout because, you know, anything against Jessica is going to be paranoia. It and- wasn't that crazy, though. Like she ended up I think she still believed that Liz was the one who voted for her. And so that or for some noble reason, I don't know. So she ended up not being that upset. Well, she's probably justified in her head. You know, I don't know. Who knows? It's a serious bad gameplay going on here. So we're going to the next round. It's the final nine. Michael and Jessica have won the partnership idols. 
necklaces, really, that you play at the start of Tribal Council. And it's very obvious that, you know, Jessica's best buddy has been voted out and she's in a, a huge minority with Michael leading the charge for Elizabeth to go home. So at this point, the cat's out of the bag. A lot of names get thrown out. This this tribal council is insane. So it says Matt sees, seems to be the key person getting information from everyone about being looked at like a target. There's a lot of talk going around after Sherry, Michael, Hope, and Aurora. Michael wins the immunity in Touchy Subjects Challenge with 13 out of 15 points. I mean, demolished everyone in that challenge. Alexis, I think, came in second. Is that right? No, Alexis sat out that challenge. Oh, she sat out. That's that's another important, I guess, storyline. The next closest person had like nine or ten points. Jess got like fourth. I'm trying to remember. Matt was high up there. And Sherry. pretty high up, too. Yeah. So, and then Shamar and Aurora are at the bottom, which is not surprising (laughs) at all. And they were labeled goats. I mean, this is the best, cha- the best and the worst challenge in the game because it's the worst because it puts a huge fucking target on like the big threats. But it's the best because you can really start labeling people into their roles. And, uh, you know, Jessica makes a, travel, uh, a confessional that, you know, she doesn't put any weight into this. I think that's naive. I think everyone should put a lot of weight into this challenge. That's because- a weird comment for someone to make when in all of their IMs, they're complaining about how they only got one good answer. Like, clearly you're putting stock into it because you're upset about not getting returning as an all-star or most likely to win. No? Yeah, so Alexis sits out this challenge. She has some personal stuff going on, so she takes the day off. I, you know, she says, oh, thank God I set out of this one. I don't know necessarily. I kind of feel like if you participate in this, even if she had just voted, she could have skewed the results so that they weren't so blatantly in her favor. But because she didn't vote in this poll, there was no, you know, it was more likely that she would get the answers for like the biggest threat and that kind of thing. And there were a lot of ties. So she really could have broken the tie. Yeah, but there were five ties. Almost every other vote was within one vote. That That's like a also a big thing. I think Jess wouldn't have said that she was one vote away from getting biggest goat. <laughs> So if that was switched, maybe that would be a wake up call. I don't know. Um, but yeah, one vote makes a huge difference here and she can still be one of the answers. Right. And so, you know, on paper, yes, she's not giving away a lot of her strategy like some of the other people where, you know, you're answering who you think is the biggest goat and then you kind of play your cards there. But on the other hand, she didn't really get to sway any of the opinions. So in my opinion, it's kind of a bad thing that she missed that especially because she got good answers like who's the biggest threat, who's the most likely to come back for an all-star season, all the answers you don't want to get to like get that big target on your back. So she sat out. So yeah, she wasn't, you know, putting her input in, she's not revealing anything, but she's still taking all of the negatives of getting those good answers from right. the other people in the tribe who are trying to put a target on her back. Right. So very interesting challenge. I, I love that it ended right before the weekend because I think it's an important one for people to kind of mull over and decide like, okay, where do I sit? How do people view me? You know, start picking out where you are in the pecking order, in the threat list. Uh, and some of these people were not aware of that. So particularly Jessica. So it's a good thing that this came about. The Tribal Council. Wow. We finally got a big payoff with Aurora losing her damn mind, but in the most entertaining way possible. So to preface this, Michael tells Aurora that he's going to give her his partner immunity. Doesn't do it. 
<laughs> and not only that, but pushes for her to go home and then lies to Jessica as well. And both of them come at Michael during that tribal council. And he is just living in it. I mean, he's loving getting all the attention, being the, the villain. I mean, he goes full villain this round and really in kind of an ugly way, like not even not subtle, just going full campy over the top villain. Yeah. He, his thing with Jess was hilarious too. It was, she earlier that day started a plan to try to vote him out if he didn't play his partner immunity and then started fighting with him. And he lied and said that she told him something when he heard it from Matt, um, just to like put her name out there. And she got super angry at him. She's like, I'm, I've only been loyal to you. And then he's like, didn't you literally try to vote me out earlier today? <laughs> yeah. They go at each other. It's awesome. We live for that kind of stuff. And Michael goes full like Johnny Fairplay, full, full villain. And and even after Trouble Council makes a, a terrible decision to ask Jessica if her grandfather is even really sick. Uh, of course, Jessica's grandfather is sick and he's just passed away. Um, sorry. Sorry to get that to Jessica. But Michael. He did? God, yeah, he did today. Um, oh, but Michael uh, really kind of like insinuated that she's making that up for the game, which, you know, OK, it's not out of it's not unheard of that someone would. But like, don't ask that person. <laughs> like, save that for your confessional, you know. So, you know, uh, really just going full villain. I, I loved it. The tribal council was amazing. Aurora completely delivered as a character this season, especially since some people were like, why did you cast Aurora? Well, this is why we cast Aurora. We knew she would go insane at some point. And she did. And it was amazing. So thank you, Aurora, for that. Uh, we finally got that payoff. I actually think like she didn't look crazy at this tribal council. Like I kind of thought she would, but she was really kind of cool about the whole thing, even while she was calling out Michael. Certainly we've seen her be crazier throughout the season <laughs> when she's like overly paranoid and confronting people. But I don't know. I just well, ended yeah, up feeling also coming off of a challenge where she was just labeled as the biggest goat in the game. So what does she have to lose here? Like, and I think that's one of the things that you can count on with Aurora is that like, while she may be a little delusional at times or be overly paranoid about like, Oh, like yeah. is somebody spreading my name? Are they telling me the truth? Like when she finds out the truth and she realizes that she's on the bottom, she's not going to just sit there and take it. And that's something we've known about her since Pearl Islands is that, you know, she just, she doesn't put up with bullshit. And so, you know, to finally have like in the open that people are labeling her a goat, she decided I'm either going to leave now or I'm going to lose at some point. So like, I may as well try and make something happen. And she made sure it was entertaining, which I appreciated. Yeah, definitely. She delivered a hundred percent. She's been so much fun to watch. It couldn't have been the best season for her. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if playing, she's just, like coming out of this with warm fuzzies, but I think she did well. She made final nine. And she was very entertaining. I think she goes out as like an all-star status. Um, she doesn't. She doesn't seem very happy with the way it ended. But I think I think she really should be because I'm going to be really pissed at you if she doesn't make the cover. And I think she has a really good storyline that you can argue deserves the Valentine Award. Mm, already already angling for the Valentine Award. I think it's a little early. Um, well, well, I'm just saying, I, I really love how Aurora's played this season. She's been very entertaining. That's for sure. She's been like one of our best characters. Best person to like I am lurk for. 
Yeah. Yeah. She's, I don't want to say nuts because I know it will offend her, but you know, I think that's pretty much one of the only words you can use. I love it. I love that she's like completely chill and normal outside of the game. And then like once she starts playing, she's fucking batshit. I live for it uh, because it's the same with me. So <laughs> I mean, it's so much fun, <laughs> yeah. but I, I loved her here. So uh, that has to be said. And like this travel council was amazing. So thank you, Aurora and all parties involved. <laughs> So then it, that's it. That's where we are right now. We're at the final eight. I think we should do a quick rundown of everyone left. We kind of talked about Jessica. I actually, I want to talk about one, one other note on Jessica. I do actually think she does stand a good ch- shot at winning. If she gets to the end with the right combo and she can play an underdog story, um, she could certainly make the point that, you know, she controlled most of the pre-merge and she was a huge target coming to the merge and somehow made it to the end. Where she's going to have problems is that the reason she's a target is because of poor gameplay, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that Jessica wins. I disagree completely yeah no way I, I don't see her i don't see her playing up to that standard if she's going through grief right now i don't i don't know i i see her getting i think she first of all i think she will get to the final three because i think a lot of people have underestimated her and, and i do think I, let me put it this way i think she can get to the end and i think she'll get votes okay that's, that's, different. that's very different the, the the problem and i think and especially a big reason why people are I think a vote ago, you're right. There's like an extreme circumstance or where she can win. But the thing, the thing was, was that the two people in the game, she had a shot at beating or Laura and Shamar. Uh, she just voted out one of them. So who else in the game is she going to be like, I think she's going to outperform Shamar at the end for sure. Um, and if they're two of the final three and the winner doesn't sweep it, she'll get some votes. But maybe if Michael is like literally the most hated person, but she's at the point where I, I don't see who else in the cast she's going to be. I think, OK, well, let's talk about some of the other people and then we'll circle back. But I do think there's a case to be made uh, for her beating Sherry. And I know that you're going to say that's insane because Sherry's a fantastic player, which I agree with. But I don't think other people see that. And I think other people, in fact, think she's a goat and misplaying idols, which I think is crazy. But I, I think there's the perception out there. And I think an anti-Sherry vote could come into play. And Jessica would be that person. I just think when you have Jessica's closest ally and Elizabeth getting voted out and listing Sherry on the list of people that she'd vote for and saying Jess lost all her respect. I think that that is the nail in the coffin, because if you don't even have your closest ally going to bat for you in uh, the jury house, you know, at final 10, like I just I think that's too late. Who's going to be able to change that perception? Yeah, no, I mean, I let's continue. We can come back to it and just kind of go through all the other people. I just I think that it's too late. Yeah, I mean, look, I just think Jessica has been a focal point of the season. So it's always dangerous to have that person in a final three. Just put it that way. I would agree there. I just. Let's go down the list. Alexis, if she's in the final three, she wins like landslide. She's the biggest jury favorite right now. Yeah. It's, it, I, there's there's no chance. I don't there's no chance she gets to the end. I'm not sure these out. Everybody has her either as not wanting to go to the end with her or see her as like their signature move to make. It's not happening. And I, I kind of like it better. I like Alexis a lot as a character. I think she's a total star in in the making here. But it's, it's her story, especially about her relationship. It's been a deeply personal game for her, which is different than in like the Endem series where you have to kind of hold back a little bit so that way you don't get ID'd. She's been very open here. And so I think that coming just short is kind of a fitting narrative to that. 
Yeah, I, I just think, uh, you know, she's way, she's overplayed her hand and now she's labeled as like the number one threat and most likely to be an all star. So there's no chance she can slip through. Like you said, she'd have to win immunity. Other people would have to make horrible mistakes, which could happen, but it's unlikely. Let's say if she does get to the end, she's winning, though. Her only her only real shot here is now that Michael has kind of made an ass of himself here in the last two days that maybe like he becomes a bigger target. But with an extra immunity in his pocket, I just I don't see a situation where she outlasts him. Yeah, but she has been a fantastic character and player, and I've enjoyed her this season a lot. She's she's helped shape this season. For sure. So kudos to her. I think she'll probably go next. Let's talk about Hope. Hope is a fantastic player. She's very under the radar, but that has served her well. And I've always said she has a Michelle upside, and I think that that's coming into play in a big way. I think if she's in the final three, she stands in a a very good shot at winning. I think just based off personal relationships, she's made a lot of great moves and she's done a lot of great strategy. I don't know if everyone sees that, which is a good thing for her, but that's going to be hard to prove at the final three. Right. But I think she's likable enough to do it. Yeah, I think she's a, a threat against anybody except for Alexis, really. And the people in the game don't necessarily see that. They probably have her in like the middle of a food chain. The jury loves her. Rocker and Ty are both very willing to go to bat with her. I've been kind of outspoken in the in like the lurker chat. I am a huge hope stand at this point. She is right now kind of losing her mind a little bit. She's like been online so much and writing so many confessionals and like can't sleep. And which it's kind of cool to see like how into it she's getting after almost being the first boot and it's her first game to like actually she's like a really serious threat to win here and i think from an entertainment standpoint i think hope is my favorite to win i don't know if she will but i i'm a huge hope fan she's doing great my biggest worry for hope is just because she's inexperienced i wonder if she'll be able to articulate really how she got to the end and how her playing the middle wasn't you know, just kind of happenstance of jumping back and forth just because she was mad at somebody. I do think that she's playing great and I think she's in a great position to go deep. And clearly the jury loves her, which could be enough. I just, there's a part of me that's like, it's a difficult position to be in if you don't know exactly what you're doing. And I just hope that it doesn't catch up to her. I I think she's in a good position because I don't think people are clued into her threat. And I think there are plenty of people ahead of her in the pecking order, mostly Michael and Alexis right now. But then even then, I think like Stephanie's going to be a bigger threat. So, you know, she has a lot of buffer before she gets targeted. And I think it'll be too late when people finally do realize that she's a jury threat. She she bought the steal a vote at the last tribal council. And it's only good until final six. But it basically ensures with these next two votes, two or three votes, that she can flip a, a one minority group into the majority. And that can either win her the game or make her too big of a threat. Mm-hmm. But it's, it, it's going to play a huge part into the next two votes. Oh, for sure. I think her biggest issue is that she was caught like being very vocal in the attempt to blindside Michael. And he doesn't strike me as somebody that forgives and forgets. So I think her biggest issue is going to be is she going to wind up being the vengeance vote? Is she going to be able to turn you know, that majority against Michael or against one of his allies in an attempt to stay in somewhat of a power position? Or has she made her bed? I think that she stands a chance to be able to play it correctly and make it pretty deep. I just, you know, I think he's definitely going to be the person that's pushing for her boot over anyone else. Agreed. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and talk about Matt. Matt has the hidden media idol. I think really 
you know, he ha- he's playing a fantastic social game. Uh, he needs that. He needs a successful idle play, in my opinion, in order to secure a victory here. Because I think if he gets to the end, he's going to be sitting up against someone else who's played a little bit bolder. And that's going to be a problem because there's no one else there that has. I mean, you know, it's going to be Shamar and then it's probably going to be like even if it's Matt, who else is going to sit there that he could beat? I, I don't see it other than Jessica. So, which is possible, but or probable. But, you know, I think he needs the successful idol play. He needs a, a, something in his back pocket to say that he was in control of something in the game. Because I think a lot of people are going to point to Michael and Sherry. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll they'll say he was in control and Sherry was following. I, you know, that seems to be the perception with some people. But um, I don't know. What do you guys think about Matt winning? I think Matt's chance at winning, he needs to be sitting next to Shamar and Sherry and he needs to do something with his idol to put him above Sherry and kind of be the star of that relationship. Because currently they're kind of viewed as like a package deal. And since Sherry has been getting all the votes and been the center of attention since their merge, I think Mm -hmm. that they just kind of have been assigning Sherry as the head of the duo, which I don't think is necessarily true. I think it's kind of been an equal partnership on their end. I just think that in order for him to take that spotlight and have a chance at winning, like he, he'll, like you said, he'll need a, a successful idol play or he'll need to be the one to blindside Michael. Like he, he just needs something to set him apart for those two rather than just being in the sidekick role. Right. You've been a big Matt fan, Joaquin. Uh, what do you think of his chances? To yeah, win? this is, it's the player I fall in love with gameplay wise every season that doesn't win. I think Morocco, like Angela is best player who's like really good socially, but we don't see like the necessary strategy moves to either make the end or win. He's getting more respect than you guys can credit for. Um, Reynolds is like a huge proponent of Matt over Sherry in the jury house. If you've read it and people are kind of buying into that a little bit. I think that the issue for him, in, at least in my head is I haven't seen him like pre-merge going for Jed. I think was a war dog was a bad move for him. He seems to be really attached to Michael right now, which maybe if Michael becomes so hated, that could work out. But I just don't get that. He's like really pushing to sit with a group of people he needs to sit with at the end which otherwise he would be like my top contender. If, he, if in his confessional, he was like, hey, I need to get to the end with Jess and Shamar and we're going to figure out a way how to do that. But I haven't got that. That's like one place I will give Jess credit, even though she doesn't know she's a goat. The people who she wanted to go to the end with were the people that she, at that time she had the best shot against. So she at least recognized that in the others. Yeah, I think, you know, it, I, I've made the comparison of Matt being similar to like Stephanie Valencia. The, our two-time winner. However, Stephanie was a immunity beast. She also want, found a lot of hidden immunity idols. So, you know, Matt has found an idol. He's not an immunity beast in any way, shape, or form. And he's very... I mean, he, people like him and he is clearly in the mix, but he's so under the radar. And Stephanie Valencia was that too, but at least she had those immunity wins. And so I just don't, I don't think he has enough. He needs that successful idol play. He needs to like idle out Alexis or something. And for people to root for that, or or ideally he idles out Sherry. That would be his slam dunk, I think. But, you know, I don't think that'll happen. I think he'll probably play it safe. He'll probably make final three maybe. And it'll just be unimpressive to a jury. My realistic expectation is that he is going to hold that idol and he's going to be somebody who a plan gets leaked to about a Michael blindside and he's going to play his idol to save Michael. Oh, I would love that. That's my guess of how it's going to go. Um, just because I don't, people really don't realize how close those two are. He gets told, Matt gets told all of the information and he just 
copy and paste his conversations directly to Michael. Like, does that tank his game though? Tank his game to save Michael for a round? Yes. I don't think it tanks his game if it's done at the right time. I mean, saving Michael at like a final six, Michael's still going to be the number one target. And then like it, it, it just totally depends on who's still around. Like, I, I don't think anybody wants Michael sitting next to them at the end. So keeping him around at like six or five or at some point around there, that's just good to keep a bigger shield around you. And then you just have to, you know, survive two rounds or one round. But I who knows? Uh, I'm going to make the point that Michael is so hated that saving Michael might be a bad jury move, <laughs> but I could be wrong. I mean, certainly I don't think it's a bad move for him, but the optics on it aren't great. And I do think it'll like, OK, if he saves Michael and the jury's favorite goes home, that's not a good look. You know, so it, I think it depends on who the idol bounces on. Not a good look, but it's something that he could point to. And it's a, a big moment, you know, and if he's yeah, I just I just think you need the big moment and you can sell whatever story you want at Final Tribal about why you did it. But like, it's better to have that move saving an ally who's always going to be a bigger threat than you. And then through the jury, the jury's going to be pissy no matter who's at the end. They're going to come up with some reason to yell at you. Like, at least then you have something you can point to and be like, look, I knew Michael was going to be the biggest threat. I wanted to keep him around so that he'd be targeted ahead of me. It worked in your face. So we'll see what happens. That's my gut feeling. I agree with you. He needs he needs the idol play. He needs that idol to be successfully played. Let's put it that way. Michael, I love as a character. He's our cartoon villain. Like Nofo said, he might as well have drag makeup on and, um, you know, twirl his mustache at Tribal Council because he's so over the top villainous at this point after that last Tribal Council. I mean, I'm living for it. We love to see it. Probably shot himself in the foot. I don't know. There's a chance he can turn that into like, I'm not going to get votes at the end. And other people are like wanting to keep him around as a target, you know, and he can kind of parlay that into a win. Uh, if he sits the final three, he has a, a very good argument to win. Now, he's going to be facing a very bitter jury. So convincing those people to vote for you to win is a tall order. I don't know if that can be fulfilled. I totally see an anti-Michael vote at a final tribal council if he's there. See, I don't just because not that that couldn't happen, but that Michael is so aware of like he crushed the the coconut chop challenge. He's so aware of who he should be sitting next to at the end that like if he's sitting next to like Shamar and Jess at the end, people aren't going to vote him out of spite. They like respect him enough to do like maybe if he's sitting next to someone like a like a Sherry or a Matt, like he could be out liked or whatever. But I, I that's not the kind of person he's going to bring me in. Any final thoughts on Michael? I, I really I don't know. I would love to see him win. I do think he has a great shot if he makes the final three. I think it's going to be close. My prediction's fifth for him. I think he'll get fifth place. I think he's just too fifth big place. of a threat. I, I think after after Alexis leaves, like he's going to be that biggest biggest target if he's not gone tomorrow. Yeah, do we think he doesn't play his immunity tomorrow and gets taken out? Oh, I forgot about his immunity. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to play it because I, I do think Alexis is going to get voted out. And he's been pretty vocally been trying to get her for a little bit to a couple people. So I think he'll be included on that plan. So I don't think he's going to use it tomorrow. I think he will use it the time after. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think, you know, there's a shot that if he doesn't play that immunity, people during council whisper and say, let's take a crack at it, you know? Then Matt idols him. 
Yeah, well, I'm going to be very interested to see how conversations go this weekend to set up for Sunday, because I could see it being either Michael or Alexis as like the main target, just depending on which way the middle of the road players are starting to lean. And I think if there's any hint whatsoever that Michael's name is coming up, his his uh, partner immunity is going to be played and then it's going to seal Alexis's fate. Yeah, I think we can shift to the next of the star of the season, U.S. Marine Shamar. (laughs) I don't think there's a shot at Shamar winning. However, uh, I would live for it. You know, this is the type of goat you want. You want the Shamar. You want the Jillian. You you want somebody who's going to entertain us. And that he has from random voting to his hilarious confessionals. Can we talk about how upset he is that Jessica has been quote unquote catfishing him the whole season because she's married and he's been under the assumption that they were flirting. The Jessica flirting with Shamar storyline has been hilarious and only compounded by the fact that Rocker played completely into it and keeps being like, yeah, dude, she's been flirting with me too. So now we're going on week three of the game and Shamar has been just under this constant assumption that Jess is flirting with him and is really into him and it's just it's so funny and his reads are sometimes just really really bad but like the way that he says that with confidence and just wants to do what he wants to do i love it oh my god he's a confessional king for sure i mean they're always incredibly entertaining Shamar is someone who I think in a second season after getting some perspective would be super entertaining. I mean, he's entertaining now, but I think with a little bit more practice under his belt, I think he could be a really fun player. And he has been so far. I mean, look, Shamar, he's totally out of the loop, but he still manages to like try to get in and like make things happen, even though like they're never going to happen. <laughs> it's so fun to watch. We stand the simp strategy. <laughs> Meh. <laughs> no, was a meh. Uh, somebody said incel question mark. I don't think that he's an incel, but I do think it's hilarious. This whole like now he's angry at Jessica for like teasing him the whole season. <laughs> I love Shamar. I think he's the, he's one of our best characters this season for sure. And I very much look forward to a final three with Shamar. I think his jury answering will be hilarious. And I hope that this whole flirting with Jessica storyline comes up there. John says Shamar also refuses to whisper. Yeah, Shamar is fucking great. I do love the refusing to whisper trope. It's so great. (laughs) I also kind of love that people are starting to rely on Shamar's vote, but can they really? Like, no one knows what the fuck he's going to do. All right, well, let's talk about someone who does stand a chance of winning. Sherry. Sherry, I didn't realize that the jury was rooting for Sherry. That's good to hear. I kind of thought, you know, people didn't really respect her game because of the idol misplays and they just assumed she was floating along. I'm very happy to hear that because, you know, she was a huge threat preseason. Elizabeth has been hounding on Sherry. She's been the target of several votes. She found two idols. She has been in majority most of the season. I think Sherry's a fantastic player. I think she'd be a great winner. And I think she has what it takes if she gets there. Sherry's a big threat to win. Yeah, I think the thing that Sherry has going for her is like, regardless of whether she's the strategic mastermind of the duo of her and Matt or of that group with Reynolds and Stephanie and Matt from Pecora, you know, perception is everything. The fact that she was the one that was picked by Elizabeth and by Jessica and by everybody else that came over from Topoto as the one that needed to be taken out like that level of threat has just grown and grown and grown with every passing round in the merge. And while you can, you know, make 
a case that people aren't that impressed with her because she played her idols incorrectly just to save herself. I mean, all it takes is one line in a final tribal speech to be like, look, my partner idol expired at 14. So I played it at final 14. My individual immunity idol that I found expired at 10. I heard my name. So I played it. It wasn't good after the next round anyways. All of her missteps that people are pointing to are easily explainable and it's really just going to come down to whether or not people respect her as a player and i think they do i mean when you have elizabeth who hates her guts listing her on the list of people that she would vote for at the end you know that you know it's not out of the realm of possibility i just want to point out one of my other favorite season long tropes is danny's complete inability to either spell or pronounce pukaroa Pukaroa. (laughs) yeah i was gonna say it too and that's on white privilege. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to let it slide. Yeah, I, Sherry, Sherry, if she gets to the end, she's going to be a huge threat to win. Like, I, I would not want to be sitting against Sherry in a final three. We'll see if it happens. I don't know. I think people I think people will realize that, too. But she certainly has a good shot of getting there and winning. Finally, let's talk about Stephanie with two ends, UB. I, I love UB this season. I think UB would be an incredible winner. I think she's played clean i think she's she's only really i mean she has had heat on her but it's not been that great or it's not gotten that much traction i should say and she's played i think the cleanest because she's not the biggest threat but if she gets to the end she's so likable and has made such good relationships that i do think she'll win in a final three i think it might be kind of hard if she's up against someone who's played a little flashier but you know her storyline has been fantastic this season going from like the outcasts of original Tepoto to uh, aligning with the newbies to now I mean if she can make it to the end that'd be fantastic I, I would love for her to win she yeah she's probably the person I second most want to win besides uh hope she would be awesome I just think that I mean the thing that people see when they're rating you as a threat either out loud commanding a vote or just like if you're very eloquent in the way that you talk and are clearly getting along with everyone and that's the way UB is and everybody recognizes that and so I think Stephanie is higher up on the threat list than maybe she really is via the people in the game um, I, I, I'd honestly say that UB has or Stephanie has the clearest path to the end out of the people still in the game I think if I was going to make a bet right now it would be Stephanie. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I actually agree. I think well, the only other problem is that I do think she's a huge immunity threat. And I'm not sure if people realize that. I, I think that they do, though. And so that might bite her if they're like, let's not let her get to the final four. But if they do let her get by, and they probably will because I think other people are more threats at this point, Alexis and Michael, she could totally immunity whore the last couple of immunities. And then if she can win a few immunities at the end and get into the final three, she's got it in the bag. Well, well, I think it's honestly a testament to the season that we're at the final eight and we honestly can't single anyone out as this is the person who's going to win or this is someone who is definitely the biggest threat to win. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we can't even agree on who won't win aside from Shamar. (laughs) You know, it's like... This is a great final. This is definitely, uh, you know, Wackett said this is like all the best players are left. And even like Jessica, who is a goat at this point, has a lot she could say at the final and a lot more game left that she can make a good case. So this is going to be this should be a great end game. And we knew it was building to that. But now it's like set in stone. You know, once Rocker left and now even Aurora's gone, there was no no goat 
So there's going to have to be some big blindsides coming, some big strategic plays, and a bloody end to a great strategic season. For casting, you know, people who flop their first time, these people have been delivering. It's definitely the anti-Tanzania. Yeah. Yeah. If Tanzania was terrible gameplay, horrible challengers, and just mass chaos, this season is the complete opposite of that. It's been fantastic gameplay, good challengers, and it's been just as chaotic, but because the gameplay is so good. I mean, every vote has been meaningful. All the characters pre-merge were huge characters. Each boot has been great. I I think it says a lot when like our first boot, Eric, is like one of our most entertaining lurkers. Like if if the whole season was flipped on its head, it'd still be a fantastic season. So casting wise, we've been on a streak. This continues that streak in my eyes. The events of the merge have been great. That last travel council was amazing. And I think we're headed into a week of insane gameplay. Any comments? Um, I love everyone, but I love Garrett and Eric most. And if they could have won, I would have vastly preferred that. <laughs> yeah, any season where Garrett makes a merge is going to be the best season of Stranded ever. You can put that on paper. No, I, I thought everybody's been great. I think all the new players have been fantastic. Even like some of our lower key new players like Eddie and Laura, uh, I thought were great. I think given another shot, some of these people would be amazing. Not that they aren't this season. Everyone's been great this season. It's just been a very competitive season. 24 great characters and players. So I can't wait for the final week. I think we're going to see some shocking moves. I think we'll see some controversial moves and hopefully some more epic moments. I can't wait. So with that, I think we'll close out the podcast. This is Pooty. Looking forward to the final week of the two Motus. Can't wait for Matt's Jesus beard to be front and center on the cover. All right. Bye. <laughs> that beard honestly looks like it smells so bad. <laughs> It, prob- it probably doesn't. It probably just sends, smells like sand. Patchouli. <laughs> it's a braid down the front that gets Ooh. me. Yeah, doesn't it have like a bead at the end too? It's just, just off screen. Yeah, it does. Gross. All right. Bye, guys. Hi, Brandon.